Hey friends, welcome to the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode 55 of the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering, aka part five of our summer friendship series. Hey, Stace. Hey, happy to be back. Today, we are talking about maybe a more deep topic when it comes to friendship. We are going to chat about when friendship hurts, which again, is not super fun to think about, but the reality is that as we are doing life with people, as we are in friendship with other fallen sinful people, just like we are, there there are going to be times where one of us hurts each other, disappoints each other. And we need to know some healthy things to do when that happens, whether we're the one who has been hurt or we're the one who has unintentionally hurt another friend. That's right. And I think right off the bat, it's important to talk about what kind of hurts we're not talking about that. We've talked a lot about how the fact that there's only one word for friend, even though there's about a bazillion different types of friends I overheard a funny conversation on another podcast recently where the host was talking about how another friend was like, well, I have this friend. And then they described all the terrible things that this friend does and says to them that are not friendly at all. And how this host said to her, like, I don't think that person is your friend. They sound like not your enemy, but they are not clearly not your friend. If every time you are together, they are putting you down, they are purposely trying to embarrass you or exclude you or make you feel less than. And so I think it's important that we say the kind of friendship hurts that we're talking about. One of our myths is that friendships will always be easy or that friends will never hurt you. Like two sinful people in relationship with each other, whether that's a marriage, a friendship, a family, like you are going to make mistakes. You're going to insult each other accidentally. You're going to step on each other's toes. That is to be expected. A friend is going to disappoint you. They are going to hurt you. You may sometimes feel betrayed because you are, they are a sinful person just like you and they make mistakes. But the kind of hurts we're talking about is someone is not actively seeking to hurt you. That person is, if they are doing that, they're not your friend. And so that's important mm-hmm. that we're talking about. There's a big difference, even though we sometimes use the same word to describe mm-hmm. this person. That is kind of an incorrect use of that term. They are not your friend. It's important that we separate out that there are people in your life who you should have healthy boundaries with because they are, you know, maybe you shouldn't be spending time with them. Maybe you shouldn't be considering them as a friend or sharing information if they are not trustworthy or they don't have your best interest in mind or that you can't assume goodwill with them, which is what you should be able to do with your friends. Right. If it's someone who is doing all of those mean things, they're toxic. And yeah, we need to distance ourselves for our own mental health. And we don't need people like that in our lives. <laughs> so let me start us off with a funny, I think this is my first, like earliest friendship 
hurt story. So in like third grade, I had a birthday party. And of course, remember back in the day when you invited everyone you knew and your friends showed up, that's how you knew who your friends were. And that was like the current friendship status report check-in <laughs> was like, did they show up to your birthday party? Were you invited True. to their birthday party? So on this day, it was at my house and all the kids showed up for my birthday party, except this one friend who was like one of my closest little, you know, second or third grade friends. And I remember being so disappointed because mm. she had said she was going to be there or probably her mom had told mm. my mom that she was going <laughs> to be there. You know, I was like, wow, okay, I guess we're not friends anymore. Except so the the party went on without her, you know, I'm sad, but whatever. There's six other people there. So it didn't matter. The next day at the same time as the party, doesn't my doorbell ring? And I go to the door and there is this friend and her mom. They'd gotten the day wrong. She's all dressed up, ready for this party. And I remember standing there and saying, it was yesterday. (laughs) And her mom being so embarrassed. Cause of course now as a mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be so embarrassing. (laughs) And of course her daughter being upset. And I think my mom was like, would you like to come in and just like hang out for a while? So I think she came in and we like had a little play date for a while. So thank goodness that kind of friendship her easily resolved. That was like a misunderstanding. Yes. <laughs> that was a mom's misunderstanding, <laughs> not so much a purposeful friendship betrayal or, mm-hmm. or no show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I totally, yeah. Get mom, moms have mom brain and sometimes get the, the wires crossed and all those things. But like you said, it, it hurt in the moment, right? Like you, you felt that sting of, oh, my friend, my friend didn't do what she said she was going to do. And I think that that is a common friendship hurt that we sometimes have of either having expectations of people that are kind of unspoken. And then when they don't meet up to that, or if a friend does say they're going to do something and it doesn't happen, then we get that, that feeling of hurt and disappointment. That's right. So that's why I think it's important to dispel the myth that like all friendships are perfect, that you're never going to hurt them, that they're never going to hurt you. You're never going to be disappointed. They're always going to do the right thing, say the right thing, be hundred percent supportive, always there for you because the reality is they have their own life also, and they have their own opinions and thoughts. And sometimes, you know, I'll speak for myself. I don't always say the right thing or do the right thing, or I'm not the most compassionate or as sensitive as I, as I could be in that situation. Cause I'm dealing with my own stuff. And so knowing that we we need to have a healthy expectation for what another human being can bring to the table. And also why we've said it's important to have more than one person that you're putting all of your relationship eggs in that basket, because like you can have a friend who can be super compassionate and understanding because they have an understanding of your work issues or your home life or whatever it is in your life. And then you have others who don't. And it is unrealistic to think that one person is going to have full understanding and compassion and all the right things to say on every topic that could ever come up in your, you know, friendship life. Right. Absolutely. It's interesting how a lot of, we, we chatted about this a little bit, but a lot of our past, we bring forward into relationships. So again, some of these things that happened to us in early friendship, we shared some of our friendship origin stories in, in the first episode. But I think also thinking about our family life and how our families handled hurt or conflict within the home really can 
be an indicator of how we then handle friendship or other relational conflict or hurt and disappointment. So maybe in a home, like we talked it out and we resolved things and we just moved on with our lives. Or I think a lot of people, we don't know how to deal with conflict or hurt. And so sometimes our reaction is that when someone hurts us, instead of telling them, we'll just put up this wall and we don't connect. We distance ourselves from people because it's a lot easier to do that. And I, it made me think of a story. So when I was in college, I had a good friend that I spent a lot of time with, and then I had gone away for a semester and then I came back. And when I came back, she had a boyfriend and I had expected to like stay with her at her apartment and hang out with her. And then she had ended up making plans with this new boyfriend. And I was super hurt because I thought, Hey, like I'm back. And I thought we were going to, things were going to be the same that we were going to spend all this time together. And instead of me telling her that I was hurt because she had made these plans, or again, I had expected something of her that wasn't reality instead of talking to her about it, I just stuffed it. And then I, I didn't hang out with like when she would initiate because I was her, then I would kind of not push back, but I would just be like, Oh, I don't know if that's going to work. Or I just, I just felt hurt and I carried it with me instead of talking to her about it because I thought, she should know better. She should know that my feelings are hurt, but she had no idea because she was like in love and in this new relationship. And so that kind of clouded her friendship, you know, glasses that that she had on as it pertained to me. And so I learned the hard way that if we don't deal with friendship hurt, if we don't have a conversation, even if the resolution isn't what we expect or hope for, it's important for us to do that because again, we talked in our previous episode about risk reward, right? So if we are just going to stuff and, and hold it inside, like the risk of that again is a, is a fractured, broken friendship. And yes, there's risk in having the conversation to say to someone, what you did or said was hurtful. The reward that potential is really great that we can learn to mend it. And maybe our relationship might even be be stronger. Maybe it won't, but that's a potential as well. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I'm on the other end of the spectrum. So I grew up with somebody who was a harmony at all cost personality. So that meant somebody who stuffs their feelings or their hurts down in order to maintain harmony as a whole, but sometimes that's, that's also not a healthy thing to do. Like you said, because it's, it it does not, it's not going away. It's just stuffing it. And that person is diminishing themselves. Also grew up with somebody who was a little more aggressive in that. And that is more, that is my tendency as I love, I don't fear confrontation. Let me say, I don't love confrontation, but I don't fear it. And I love like airing it out. Like, (laughs) so what, of course I've learned, like I think of a time in high school where I got upset with a friend of mine who kissed some boy I didn't like, and that felt, and she knew I didn't like him, and blah blah blah. <laughs> and I confronted her on the band bus, and we spent, <laughs> you know, and then she cried because I'm sure I was incredibly forceful because that's just my, you know, my unfiltered nature. 
is a little bit intimidating. And so I probably really came at her with both barrels blasting. She cried for the rest of the bus trip and we sat in silence the entire ride home. Not the best, you know, way to resolve that issue. Fast forward though into my adulthood and I had this experience where I had a friend show me when I screwed up what confronting someone in a loving way can look like in a way that I think I had not ever experienced in myself. Like the only experience I had with confronting people before that was like in a very confrontational manner. Like you did this to me, you've hurt me, like explain yourself. <laughs> like You've got five minutes ready to go at that point. <laughs> it's over. And what happened was I was, was in a conversation with a friend, a dear friend, my best friend, and we're chit-chatting about some stuff. And she was sharing some things that were going on with one of her kids. And in my, I honestly, I think probably what I wasn't giving the conversation, my full attention, you know, and in the context of this, I said something very thoughtless, just not trying to hurt her, but just thoughtless and, and so thoughtless that it came out of my mouth and I moved on. Like, I didn't even remember saying this. Little did I know that it really hurt her feelings. And so we finished this conversation. We go back to our own houses. I go on oblivious. And two hours later, she called me on the phone. She said, and she's obviously a much more mature person than me. She was like, hey, I just need to call you because I need to tell you that when you said this in the conversation today, it really hurt my feelings because it felt like you weren't listening to what I was saying mm -hmm. and understanding the depth of the concern I have about this issue with my son. And I wanted to throw up <laughs> like mm -hmm. it was. So, you know, she was such a valued friendship to me that to hear this person you love so much tell you in such a kind way, direct, but kind way that you've hurt them. I, it felt like I had been punched in the gut. Like I wanted to double over and just heave all over the floor. And out in response, what came out of me was this apology, like probably the best apology I'd ever given at that point in my life, just the most sincere apology, because it was coming from the most sincere place of my soul, which is like, oh my gosh, I, I would never want to hurt you. The fear of losing you as a friend is so just overwhelming. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. And I just poured it out there. And then she said, I, I know, you know, I said, I, I, I would never, never intend to, to hurt you like that. She says, I know you wouldn't, which is why I'm calling you and wanted to give mm -hmm. you the opportunity to clear, to clear it up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. And so actually, like you, like you said, it took our friendship to the next level. Like we had been good friends, but to know that we could accidentally hurt each other which is going to happen, inevitable in every relationship. And we could talk it out in a way that wasn't mean. It wasn't contemptuous. It wasn't how dare you, or it's somehow like an attack on, on our character for making a mistake right. in that, like that we could do that and apologize sincerely and then move on from that that's huge. That's a huge deal. And, and so I would say if you've got a friendship and you've been like, well, we've been friends for 10 years and we have never had an argument. You're like, Ooh, I think you're probably not talking about some stuff. Then you're probably not talking yeah. about some areas of your life. There's gotta be something that you have disagreed on 
in 10 years of friendship, you have to have accidentally stepped on each other's toes. It's like married couples who say they don't fight. You're like, oh, okay, you're lying. (laughs) Either you're living separate lives in separate houses and (laughs) in separate countries, or you are lying because there's no way that two people, even in the most loving, caring, goodwill, forward relationship, like there's no way you cannot accidentally or unintentionally hurt each other. It just, it happens. It does. As you were telling your story, I was thinking about Proverbs 27, six. So I looked it up. It says wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So what it means is I feel like your friend, her confronting you about that hurt, but you can trust a wound like that from a true, sincere, dear friend, because sometimes as a friend, we need to tell someone that they've hurt us, but that's something that can be trusted. But then the verse says an enemy multiplies kisses. So they're just trying to kiss up to you and flatter. And so that's a really good question for us to ask of ourselves is, are we the type of friend who would be willing to risk conflict in our relationship by bringing up a hurt or something that we need to talk to a friend about. And then conversely, do we have friends who are going to speak into our lives and tell us the truth? I know that a lot of times when we call a friend, like we want to just vent about something, right. And, and, you know, I had this fight with my husband or someone at work or whatever it is. And I think it's good for us to have a friend who will listen but then also tell us what we need to hear. And sometimes in the moment that doesn't feel good, but we know we can trust that friend when they're thinking about not just being our yes person, but being the type of person who can be honest with us and maybe share a different perspective that, that we need to hear, even though it might sting a little bit. Yeah. And I think the, the warning here though, is often people will say, well, don't you want a friend who will tell you the truth? And they use that as a justification for like, hashtag no filter, hashtag like, I'm going to tell you how it is. And I see this a lot, even within the faith community. Well, isn't it my job as your friend to like, in a sense, call out your sin or to stand up for what's right or whatever. And I saw this quote recently and it said, truth without love is cruelty. And I think that's really true because you can say something to someone that is true, but if you say it without any kind of love or compassion, you're just being, it is cruelty. It is cruelty. You're just the troll, you know, who is throwing it out there. And I had an experience like this recently in the last year where a friend disagreed with something, a way that I'd handled something. And she did it in a way that I felt was not loving or compassionate. Mm -hmm. And because I felt like we could have disagreed on this thing is fine. You know, you can disagree with friends. It's important that you disagree Mm -hmm. with your friends on different things. You're not going to agree with everything, but the way she, her her perspective on it felt very unkind Mm -hmm. to me, unloving and not very compassionate to me. And when I made her aware of that, that, that it was making me feel that way, she doubled down. (laughs) instead of apologizing and saying, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, let's circle back. Let's talk about this again in a way that like, maybe I can soften my words or people can make mistakes and have consequences of those. And as your friend, like you can disagree with the mistakes they make that have consequences, but as a friend, you should still 
passion friend, right? And I think that's that's a pillar of of Christian faith and friendship is we can you see Jesus in his compassion for people who he certainly they, they have made choices, they have consequences to those choices, but he always responds in compassion to them. He never, well, this is your bed, you should lie in it, you know. Right. And that's that's how. I felt like this friend was responding to me and it really shook me to the core because this was a close friend and what she was saying was true. That's her perspective. So of course that's, you know, that's her opinion. That's, that's true. But without love and compassion, it was very painful and it therefore had consequences to our relationship because she, like I said, she doubled down on that. You know, she doubled mm-hmm. down on the, this is your bed. You have to lay in it kind of thing without any, any equal amount mm-hmm. of compassion. That that's the difference I think between having friends who will tell you the truth. Yes, but they have to tell it to you with a heart of compassion and care and love for you in the same way that Jesus modeled that when he was showing compassion and care and love for those he interacted with, you know? So yeah. in the, in the midst of this confusion that this, what felt like a big hurt from this friend, I called another friend. And this is why, of course, you need to, again, have multiple friends in your life that, mm-hmm. so that they can, you can have a friend who can give you perspective sometimes on other friendships when they hit rough patches. Because if you've only got one friend, if this person had been my only close friend, well, I really would have been reeling because now I would have been dealing with the pain of that friendship, the fear of losing that friendship and isolation in thinking, oh my gosh, if I lose this, like I'm alone and that's Mm -hmm. scary. So I called this other friend and I said, I'm really struggling with how I feel like this other person is treating me in in this relationship and how it feels right now. And I just really can't, I don't know what, what to think. And she gave me this analogy that has helped me I guess, mentally sort out some of my feelings about friendship. And she said, she says, I like to think of my life, my friends as I'm driving a bus. So I'm the bus driver in the the friendship bus in my life. And the closer you sit to the driver, which is me, the closer of a friend you are. So your inner circle friends are sitting right there in the first and second row. And then everyone else is, you know, in the, the farther you get away, the farther you get closer, you get to the back of the bus. Those are like, you know, those, those are not as good friends as ones that are sitting closer to you. And she said, you know, yeah, that other person, she was in the, she was in the first or second row. She was an inner circle friend. And in that moment in her, her doubling down on this compassionless response I don't think you want to kick her off the friendship bus because that's always an option. Mm-hmm. Something happens, you pull over to right. the side of the road, you open the door and you're like, please pick up your bag and exit stage right. Thank you. You know, <laughs> and you drive off. And 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 she's like, I don't, I don't think you want to, you know, this is a friend you have a lot of history with. There's been a, there's a lot of great things about your friendship. I don't think you want to kick her off the bus. But the reality is, I think you need to move her a few rows back. Mm-hmm. And there's a different expectation for friends who are sitting closer to the front than there are those that are sitting in the back. And that really helped me. I'm like, you're right. Like she's still on the bus, but she's like in row seven right now. And over time, you know, time is the great healer, but I think like we've talked about with so many things with friendship, it's time and effort, right? Right. So like a hundred years could go by and time will bring her closer to the front again, I think. But if she never acknowledges the pain 
that she caused me, time will only get her so far. Now, if she were to come and say, upon reflection, I realized I was unkind and I should have shown more compassion for you being in a difficult situation or whatever. Like, now that's different because it's time and effort, you know? So, right. but somehow that thought of, yeah, okay. I have friends who some are sitting in the front row and those are my inner circle friends. And I can have a, a different level of expectation for what our conversations are going to look like, especially if someone has hurt me or I've hurt them than I would with someone in the back of the bus. And, and so let's, let's not put the expectation that we can't put everybody in the front row. You can't have mm-hmm. 80 <laughs> inner circle friends. Right, right. And you, and even if they're, even if you were like, well, I just really love them. The reality is there's concentric circles, you know, and there's, there is levels of friendship and there is different expectation levels of intimacy, of how you deal with pain and hurt, depending on how, mm-hmm. you know, what level of, of friendship they have with you. Yeah. I love that bus analogy. It made me think of a couple of things. So I rode the bus for many years going to school. And I remember that sometimes you can only fit two people in a seat. If you had little people, you could fit three to a seat. So I like the analogy of, you know what, like there's not enough room for everyone in the front, <laughs> the front row. But then also as, as a bus driver, you, you get to determine both the rules of being on your bus. And then also who sits where, like, I remember we always had assigned seats on the bus. It was never this free for all that we got to just roam around. It, it was helpful to the bus driver that we all had an assigned seat. And, and like you said, it doesn't mean that seats don't change over time, but just the analogy of to like everyone on the bus is important, right? Like the person who's in the back row can still bring blessing to our life and we can be friends with them. They're just not that front row inner circle friend. So I think it's just great to, to think about that. And then back to what you were saying about how we treat one another in these moments of conflict is so important. And like you said, we, that doesn't mean that we have to agree with our friend about what has happened. We have different perspectives. Things are different, but the way that we talk to each other, the way that we handle it is super important. And I tell my kids all the time, like sometimes how you say something is even more important than what you say. I'm always trying to teach them about tone of voice and looking each other in the eye and being sincere and just having a heart of compassion. It's exactly what you were saying. And, And Jesus tells us over and over again to love each other and to forgive each other and to treat each other the way that we want to be treated. So again, if, if it's a friend that we're needing to say something to let's like, let's flip the tables. If we were the one that our friend needed to tell us something that we didn't handle it well, or we said something hurtful, how would we want them to speak to us or to confront us? Not, not at a party in front of a bunch of people to where we're totally exposed, right? Like we want someone who would come to us privately, quietly in, in a kind and loving way. And I think that's why Jesus talks about it so much. Love one another, love one another, because we need, we need that reminder. And I think for me that I am more able to love and forgive when I remember how much I need to be loved and to be forgiven as well. So that's something helpful that I carry into friendships and and marriage and and all relationships because we've said over and over again there are times where we are going to unintentionally 
hurt each other and deal with, with some conflict or some hurt feelings. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've asked ourselves this question, like, why does friendship pain or betrayal feel so much deeper than say like a professional snipe right. or a, you know, I don't know, someone, other aspects. And I think it goes back to what we talked about in the last episode, which is this idea of vulnerability, you know, that we open ourselves up to another person and we say, here we are here. Like here, here's who I am. Here are the choices I've made. Like you see a part of myself. And when somebody either accidentally or intentionally stabs you, like you've taken your armor off. So now it really mm-hmm. pokes you where it stabs you in the heart because it is so deep. And so I think when a, when a friendship reaches a point where there is a hurt, you know, you have to assess like where you ha- you can't just react like emotionally in that moment. Like, I think it's wise to take a minute to reflect on like, okay, first of all, did this person intend to hurt me or is this accidental? Right. Is, am I really hurt or am I embarrassed? You know, it maybe, maybe I, they are trying to tell me something very kind and they are telling me something I've done wrong in a very loving and kind manner. And my reaction is because in my core, I know they're right. And I'm embarrassed and I'm just trying to now use anger or hurt to cover up my own, you know, you know, and so, and and this is like hard work that you have to do with yourself before you then can interact with the other person. And, and it's tough. And, and sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, yeah, this is just, my ego is bruised. That's what this is. They didn't hurt me. I'm just a little bit embarrassed or, you know, whatever my pride has taken a hit. And that's what this, this is. And this was a good reminder. But sometimes it is, it is a, it is a pain that a friend has done. And I like what you said, like it's worth whether later or in the moment to be like, all right, what, what can I learn from this? You know, I was reading something else recently and they said, you know, as, as Christians, we should look at the world and instead of saying, I only look at as a believer, should I be looking at this? You say, as a believer looking at this, whatever it is, a relationship, a piece of art, a whatever, what does God want me to learn in this? Mm, and so it's a different, it's a different way of like, you know, as Christians, we're not called to isolate ourselves. We are called to be out in the world and living life differently. And the way we live life differently, even in friendships is by saying like, what does God want me to learn in this? And mm-hmm. that's true in friendships too. So to say, okay, this really sucks. Like this friendship is, this is painful. The way this person said something or didn't say something. I, I had a, right. a situation recently where I recently released a book. And what I've learned is that I had some unrealistic expectations on how some of my friends should respond <laughs> when you, yeah. you know, and I think people have had this when you get a job promotion or something good happens or, or even something bad happens in your life. In your brain, you think, well, all my friends should do X, Y, Z when they learn about this in my life. Right. And you don't ever take a moment to assess whether or not those are realistic <laughs> expectations <laughs> or not. You're just like, okay, nope, every single one of my friends is going to do this. And then when they don't, because they are people with their own independent <laughs> brains and choices and are also dealing with their own stuff, our first reaction is disappointment. And so I released this book. It was a big deal. And one of my good friends said nothing to me about it. And 
absolutely nothing. And I was so confused by her lack of saying anything that I'm embarrassed. Here's, here's what's so funny. I'm embarrassed to admit this. I wrote a letter to an advice column in a major newspaper. Oh. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, I love this advice columnist. And I was like, I wonder what she would say about this. So literally I wrote a, a, an email because <laughs> you, you can like submit your questions. And I was right. like, I released a book and this good friend said nothing. And I'm really hurt by the fact that this person has not said anything because I'm assuming she hasn't said anything because she doesn't like it or she doesn't think I should have written it or something like something. Yeah. Negative. And this is so spoiler. I then later asked the advice columnist not to put this letter in paper, <laughs> but this wonderful advice columnist wrote back to me. Oh, I love it. What did she say? She, she asked me a couple of really thoughtful questions and she said, you know, I've written several books and I have had several key people in my life, never read it. And even when they themselves were listed in the books, <laughs> they didn't read the book that had their own name in it. And people who I thought would be super supportive or at least like publicly supportive or say something kind to me said nothing. So know that certainly when it comes to book releases, but I think it's applicable in every aspect of life. Like mm -hmm. sometimes people are unexplicably explicably not going to say something. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to know why, but like, in essence, like that's how it is. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, she chose not to say anything. Still has not said anything. I'm still a little confused about it. It's honestly, still a little hurt about it. But again, I'm like, I have to put it in perspective, right? I think part of that was an unrealistic expectation on my part that every single friend was going to send me an email that said, this was their favorite book in the entire world that they're so proud of me. And <laughs> like, that's like, that's unrealistic, but that also, you know, the less, the, there are lessons for me in this. Mm -hmm. And so one of the big takeaways for me was that sometimes in friendship silence, often in friendship, silence is not neutral. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes if some, if a friend does something that you maybe maybe it's not how you would have dealt with it, or they make a different decision than you would have made. We think, well, I don't agree. So I should just not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes silence is not neutral. And so for me, I was like, all right, this is the lesson God wants me to learn in this discomfort with this friend right now is that from this point on, I promise that when my one of my friends does something hard in their life, whatever it is, whether it's starting a business or adopting a kid or launching a book or whatever, mm -hmm. moving across the country. When they do something hard that involves risk, that involves vulnerability, that involves any kind of thing where you know that you're going that friend is going to be second guessing themselves for a very long time, I will not be silent. I will support them. I will support them loudly. I will support them publicly because for me, silence is not neutral. And that was a really key learning point mm -hmm. for me. So I think even in our hurts, God is using that opportunity to grow us into better friends, even yes. in the midst of disappointment from other friends. So instead of like just wallowing in the hurt and disappointment that we may feel when a friend hurts us in that ask God, what do you want me to learn here? Mm -hmm. Like, how can I, how can you, I use this experience to make myself a better friend to other people? There's got to be something here. We can always be a better friend. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And I feel the same in just different things I can think of. Like growing up, I remember I moved a couple of times and I talked in 
our first episode of the summer series about like, I had to move overseas for a while and then come back to my friends. And I just felt like some of them didn't get what I had been through. Right. Like they just, they couldn't in some ways because they didn't go through the experience. But I think just a lot of times we just want acknowledgement from our friends. Like you're saying, maybe they don't have to throw us a parade, but could they just acknowledge something that we've done or that we're going through. And I have felt that too, like over the years I put on my restore conference and I've had friends that like, just don't show up. And, and it has perplexed me sometimes about like, how, how could you not show up to this thing that I'm like pouring my heart and soul into? And, and I, I, I've had to wrestle with that as well. And I have had to learn that I think sometimes our friends might see some of these things we do as work, like it's our work. And so they're our friend in our personal lives. They don't really intersect with our work. So some, so I've had to learn that, but also I've had to learn to drop the expectations as much as possible and instead choose expectancy. So expecting the interaction that my friends do give me, the support that they do give me and not expect a lot of them. And when we have expectations at zero and someone, you know, does something that's like a two or three, right? Like then that exceeds our expectations. So it's super hard to actually put into practice, but it has helped me a little bit to try to release those expectations and just accept and embrace what is. I also love Stace, what you were just saying about like, how, how can we learn from these experiences? How can we learn to be the person who follows up or sends a card or supports when in some situation that we were in, we had hoped someone would do that for us. So I love just asking that question, God, what do you, what do you want me to learn? And how can I go out and be a better friend? Because I feel this disappointment or hurt because of something a friend did or didn't do. Yeah. Another thing someone asked me in the midst of wrestling with this, because I, of course, my first tendency was, well, I will confront her. <laughs> I, will ask her I will ask her, why have you not said anything to me about this? You know, like this is, did you hate it? Do you hate me? What is the problem? And this other friend said, you know, ask yourself, what would change if you asked that question and we're like, and whatever their answer is, what would change in your relationship? Because I think sometimes Mm. when a friend hurts us in our pain, we then elevate that friendship into a higher orbit than it was before, because Mm. our pain is like bringing them to the forefront. And the reality is I realized upon reflection that like, she was a good friend, but it wasn't like we were hanging out every week doing Mm -hmm. something together. We were, we'd see each other here and there. And she was a good friend, but the reality is. I realized after she forced me to ask myself this question, okay, well, if she was like, yeah, I haven't said anything because I hate it or, <laughs> or I haven't said anything because I don't know, I'm dealing with my own stuff and your life is not my life. You know? Right. The or I don't have was, time to read a yeah, book. <laughs> I don't have time to read a book or yeah, like whatever, or this subject matter is in no way interesting to me, like whatever it is that actually our relationship was not going to change very much. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't going to affect the frequency of when we saw each other, it wasn't going to affect what we talked about when we were together. And so I, I think that understanding, like put the relationship bent back in the right seat in the bus, because in my pain, 
It was like, I had done a roll call of everybody on the mm. bus, raise your hand if you love me. <laughs> and when she didn't do the thing in that moment that felt loving to me, it like all of a sudden I was again, putting expectations on her. Like she was in the front row of the bus mm. and she wasn't in the front row of the bus. She was like in row five, you know? And so taking the time to assess, okay, actually not that much changes if we disagree on this. So that helped me decide better whether or not I, I wanted to confront her or work it out. And the, and what mm. I finally came to was, no, I'm not going to confront her mm-hmm. because I think this is a difference of opinion or who knows what, but it doesn't actually matter in the scope of our friendship here. Now, if she was mm-hmm. a front row friend, yeah, like we would probably need to talk it out, you know, but, yeah. and I, so I think that's important is not everybody, not every friendship hurt is a crisis. Sometimes it's just a hurt and mm-hmm. it's okay. <laughs> They're a person, you're mm-hmm. a person. We, mm-hmm. we need, we need to move on, you know, but not like, there's a, there's a reason that, you know, people who make everything a crisis, people don't want to spend time with them <laughs> totally. it's, just over, it's just overly dramatic. And it's like, totally. listen, every, like you aren't like, don't be captain over reaction, right? Like they stepped Ooh, on your good. toes. I get it. <laughs> they hurt you. Yes. Like those are facts. Your, your feelings are hurt. Maybe they were insensitive, but let's not blow it out of proportion. Now, sometimes there is a hurt or a betrayal that is so impactful that you, you need to pick up the phone or you need to go over and you need to talk it out, or you have to pull over the bus and gently escort them off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, but often the emotions of the moment, it's embarrassment. It's our own fears of, Oh my gosh. I mean, I realize now in retrospect, her not saying anything to me triggered this fear inside of me that like maybe other people are feeling the same way, Mm -hmm. you know, and really I was over, I was completely blowing it out of proportion for what it really was. And when I got it back into its proper size, I realized this was really something I could just put up on a shelf. If it comes up in conversation Mm -hmm. and we decide to work it out, great. But this is not, this, this thing does not change the nature of our current friendship. So it's not, let's not be over dramatic about Mm -hmm. it. But it does pain, you know, it is painful. Like you have to acknowledge it is like having a little rock in your shoe when you're, when you're with that person. But it is not a crisis. Yeah. I think a key element of processing through these hurts and hangups that sometimes happen in friendship is really just discernment and prayer, right? Like leaning Mm -hmm. into God about, do I confront this friend on this thing or do I overlook it because they're a human? I don't know what's going on, but I can choose to overlook it. And like you said, it's not going to change our, the current state of our friendship, or we can pray and God might be pressing on us. Like, no, you need to t- go talk to that friend about this thing that they said or didn't say, or whatever it is, because it's going to impact the depth and quality of your friendship. And so I think it's key. And, and it could be, if you have the same circumstance and you apply it to two or three different friends, you might have a different response, right? Of, of Like you were saying, the front row friend, you might need to talk to them about that. But if it's someone who is further back, maybe it doesn't need to be addressed. So I think it's really important for us in our friendships to rely on God for his wisdom on how do I handle this? And if I do need to express some feelings or have a conversation, 
how do I do it? And again, I think it always goes back to love and treating each other the way that we would want to be treated if the tables were turned. So I think that's just such an important component of us being able to deal with these things that sometimes happen and then move on from there in a healthy way, which is again, discernment is needed because sometimes when we have a conflict with a friend, it might be that we forgive and things are restored and maybe stronger than ever before. But we might have another situation that would be, okay, we walk through the conflict. I can choose to forgive, but our relationship isn't the same anymore because that's, that's what's best because we need healthy boundaries or this person is continually hurting us. So we're moving them off of the friendship bus or whatever that looks like. So it really just goes back to praying and and pressing into God in these relationship conflicts that we sometimes have. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that I've found helpful is when I am trying to process through a friendship hurt is to write out my thoughts as if I'm talking to them. And so of course the intention is like probably that that I would never actually say these things to their face or mail it to them. But I've heard a lot of people talk about the, the process of writing things down helps you see your thoughts in black and white and, and start to dig underneath. If there is a time where you do end up talking about it, you can have a conversation without the heat of the emotion and get to the core of you reflecting it from how it affected you. So it's not accusatory of you did this and you are a terrible person. And you like, it's like this situation made me feel betrayed because I have betrayal issues, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, because I'm very sensitive to being left out or it being centered on how it affects you not accusing them of being a dirtbag, which is too often right. like the, the dirty fight technique. But it's like they tell you in marriage counseling, you fight in a healthy marriage. It's not the fighting that's the problem. It's the type of fighting. It's the mm-hmm. dirty fighting, the mean fighting. But when it gets accusational and contemptuous and purposefully hurtful of the other person, like that is the kind of fighting that destroys a relationship. And it's the same way with a friendship. You can have that disagreement. You can have a fight. (laughs) You can have a fight, but it can be a healthy fight if both people are willing to keep it honest about what, how your perspective, right? Not putting words into the other person's mouth, not assuming intentions that you don't actually know why they did that or the backstory or whatever, and just keeping it focused on how it affected you. And so sometimes writing it out is, is really helpful or even talking to yourself in the shower. Mm-hmm. I like to do that. <laughs> like, I like to have fake conversations yeah. with someone. And it's funny because it's like in your brain, you're like, oh, this is a, I'm killing it right now. But then when you, <laughs> when you say it out loud, you're like, oof, no, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. not, you know, that's not working. Yeah. No, I love that. As a writer, you have your rough draft, right? So come up with a rough draft of what you're going to say. And then you can tweak from there. I think that's really. Yeah. And sometimes you find with so many things, as you write it out or as you speak it out loud to yourself in the shower, you just needed to get it out. You know, you just kind of like needed to put these words to your pain out into the world. And then it kind of dissipates and you realize okay, I just needed to get, to get it out of my brain, out of my heart and into like the air. And now, and now I can throw this piece of paper away. I can walk away from this 
this little difficulty we had mm-hmm. and, and like, and I can move on and I don't have, like, that's kind of all I needed was like to express it, you know? Yes. And, and so the danger here, I think is if you've got a friend, you know, it's always good to have another friend who you can get advice on just a word of warning is it's very easy to call another friend and be like, let me tell you what this right. person did to me. Yeah, because yeah, that this, turns to gossip, which is that's, yeah, not it's good. gossip. And if and this is like the sign of if you've got a really good friend, a really good friend has your best interest in mind. So that good friend is going to let you vent, but then they're going to reground you and they're going to yes. tell you like, hey, all right, let's I let's calm down. And you want the a great friend is going to be like, all right, let's just weed through some of these unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. you clearly had. So you're making some big leaps here in logic and assumptions about this. And I think you need a nap. You know, <laughs> I think you need to go have a snack, have a nap and like pray about this, think about it, sleep on it. And maybe this isn't as big deal as you think it is, mm-hmm. but like a safe place to vent, but you do not want someone who is just going to spin you up even higher you want someone who will defend you, but as much, as much as you like to joke, like you, we want friends that will like help you hide the body. <laughs> the reality is we also need that the, our friends who are going to talk us off the ledge, honestly, right. is what we need more often. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's important too, that we have a friend who we can trust that isn't going to go blab what we just shared with yeah. them with everybody mm-hmm. else, because sometimes that happens too. So we have to, again, which goes back to vulnerability, like we, we need to over time, discern our safe people, people that we can trust. And then another great place to vent is I've talked about it on this podcast before. I love counseling. So the counseling yeah. is a great place too, to work out some of these things. Or if there's something you need to confront someone about, you can rehearse it with, with your counselor or again, your trusted friend. So. Yeah. And I think that's worth really hitting hard because I think again, Culturally, we're like, oh, your marriage relationship, super important. If you have issues, go to counseling. Your relationship with your kids, super important. You have issues, go to counseling. Oh, you have you have issues with a friend, meh, work it out on your own. And it's right. like, listen, this is these are life-giving, these are important relationships. So if you have this is not like a second-tier aspect of your life. Female friendships as an adult, these play an important role in your life. God has designed us this way. This is not you just being like frivolous and trying to be popular. This is part of how you've been designed. So if you've got friendship issues going on, do not put it into a different category. That means like you you don't give it the same level of serious attention that you would to these other important Mm -hmm. relationships in your life. These relationships for a lot of adults, the relationships with friends may be more important than relationships with siblings or even with right. parents. Let's give it the attention it deserves. Don't be afraid yeah. to talk to somebody professionally about your friendships mm-hmm. because they that is who that's a big part of who you are as well. Yeah. I was thinking as we were talking a little bit earlier about how friends really are, you've heard that saying, friends are family that you choose. And I think that's why some of these hurts can be so deep and so hard to process through because it is a friendship is really a way of saying, I want you to be part of the family that I have now. You know, a lot of us may not have that experience with our family of origin now that we had before. So the people who are in our lives now are like our family. And I think that's why it can be so hard as we navigate some of these things. But I love what you said. Yeah, we should not be ashamed or we should not minimize 
some of the friendship struggles that we might have and not be afraid to go get help or be equipped and learn about how to be a better friend or how to better deal with conflict with our friends, because these are important relationships and they are worth fighting for and they're worth learning to work and process through and forgive and move forward. That's right. I mean, I hope that everyone is hearing us say this in a hundred different ways over and over again, (laughs) is that being a good friend is not something you're just born with or not born with, right? I can't stand when people say, I'm a terrible friend. Yeah, you are a terrible friend. <laughs> you're choosing, like you're choosing to be a terrible friend. I'm not going to tell you otherwise. Yeah, you just told me that you don't respond to friends' text messages. You don't show up to their events. You don't tell them you care about them. You just listed off five like really <laughs> terrible. But the thing is that like, yeah, this is not your eye color. This is not oh, you either have it or you don't. Like this isn't some like intrinsic on off switch. Like this is a skill set that you can learn and you can get better at. And honestly, like you will never finish getting better at it. Like you will, it is a journey forever. Enough with the excuses. When people say that to me, I'm like, okay, well then what though? Okay. So you've admitted you haven't prioritized this. You've just accepted that like you're willing to take a, a lower level of friendship quality in your life because you're not willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And as we've said a hundred times, it takes work. It takes sacrifice. You have to think about it. You have to schedule it. It's going to take money. It's going to take emotional energy, physical energy. It's going to take all these different aspects of you in the same way a romantic relationship would in the same way of any commitment in your life or that you want to be important to you. Like you can wish to be a fit person all day, but if you don't get serious (laughs) about learning about nutrition and fitness, well, good luck with your hopes and dreams for that because it's just never going to happen. If you want friendship, you can get better in that. And if all of your friendships end in dramatic explosions, that's an indicator that maybe you've got some places to learn here. You know, even if it's like better places to find friends, (laughs) there's always more to learn. There's always more work to do. So there's, there's a hope in that. It shouldn't be discouraging. It should be a, a hope that if my friendships are characterized right now in the season with a lot of hurt, I can change that. That's not what God wants for me. This is not like some predestined, how you know, thing. Just like, how it is. Yeah. It's just how it, that's right. Let's get serious. I'm tired of being hurt in friendship. I'm tired of being disappointed in friendship. I'm tired of shallow connections in friendship. Great. That's the first step. Now, okay. Now the next step is like, all right, God, point me in the right direction. Show me some resources. Show me some people. Show me some podcasts like this one Mm -hmm. so I can listen to, to help me just think differently, break some habits, be a little more introspective on myself and the role that I've played in relationships in my life. And there's so much work you could do that you'll never be done, you know, and you'll just, and the better and amazing thing is, of course, it's just, just like in our faith journey, like the more you learn and the better you are, the more you realize you have to learn. Right. And and so it's like, I I hope everyone is encouraged by that, that like, we're all on this together. None of us have this figured out. We're all screwing up. (laughs) I know like we're all hurting each other. We all are at times have been hurt. We'll feel betrayed. That's like life as is on this like Mm -hmm. broken planet, you know, but you don't have to stay there forever. I love that. I love just ending on this note of go out and be encouraged. Let this episode be the inspiration to you to go out and learn how to be a better friend again through trial and error. Right. But we can, it's something we can learn and 
we can grow and our friendships will grow because of it as well. So love that encouragement, Stacey. So just a reminder, listeners, as we go, that we want to connect with you and chat with you about what you are hearing in our episodes, your questions, and even if you have a a specific friend conflict, or again, we could be your advice columnist here for for a specific (laughs) friendship situation that you're going through. So find us on Instagram and send us a message. I'm at Andrea Fortenberry. And I'm at Stacey Morgan 2000. We would love to connect with you and just let this be a place of conversation for us over the summer. So thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next time. As we go, I want to remind you that you're doing an amazing job as a mom. No, you're not perfect. None of us are. There's no such thing. But you're showing up, you're learning from your mistakes, and you've got God on your side. He fills in the gaps of our imperfections, and we can trust Him. Keep going, my friends. You are doing good and meaningful work. I'll see you next time.